I enjoy my life. I try to stay positive. I try to stay happy. You know me. I'm always joking around. And if I don't have laughter and fun in my life, that's very, very boring. So mm-hmm. I got to keep it moving and keep it laughing and joking and just, you know, live. Okay, welcome to Black Ad at the Next Adventures with Gail and Tia. I'm Tia Price. And I'm Gail Brown. And we are still Black and we still are loving ourselves. So Gail, <laughs> my goodness, once again, you were on a trip. Where did yeah, you go girl. last week? We went to Jamaica for a wedding. A dear friend of the family got married. So my husband and I and my mother, my soon to be 90 year old mother, packed up and went to Jamaica for about a week. And we had such a great time. Yeah, and now I- we're back to reality and we're black at it. And I saw some of the pictures and, you know, I've always been amazed by your mother. I mean, you know, I've known you since college, so I've also mm-hmm. known your mother that long and she just one always looks amazing. I can't seem to keep up. You know, I'm always trying to keep <laughs> up with her and I can't seem to do it. And the other thing I was thinking about is, I don't know if you remember this years ago, it may have been about five years ago, mm-hmm. you and your mother and some other women came to my house for vision boarding. You know, I always do right. those little vision boarding sessions and your mother had all of these things she was putting on her vision board. I mean, it had to do with travel. It had to do with clothing. But one thing I remember her saying was she would, her vision was to reach a hundred. And I remember thinking to myself, you know what, you constantly have goals. You know, it never ends. You can always achieve. And I'm telling you, your mother, for some reason, has some age defying type (laughs) skills that I'm anxious to hear about because she just always looks fantastic, always together, always on the go, funny as hell. So I'm really excited (laughs) to have this conversation today. Yeah, let me introduce my mom, Gladys Allen. She is, uh, like I said, turning 90 in a couple of weeks, not even a couple of weeks, a couple of days. And she's the mother of six, grandmother of five, still spunky and spry. I think the only thing that's wrong is her knee. She has a bad knee. (laughs) but that's about it. And she amazes her doctors in addition to everybody else who meets her. So, Hey, Ma, welcome. Hey there, young lady. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad you said young, right? (laughs) That's that's something I always want to (laughs) hear. Right. 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 Or I just want to say, I thank you so much for inviting me to do this. You know, I don't know anything about podcasts. To me, this is an interview. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is. Yeah, it, it is somewhat of an interview. And what's great about it is we're going to be able to share all of the information you share with us to millions of people because we have so, <laughs> so many listeners already. We've only been out a couple of weeks, but my goodness, we're bombarded with that's all of the people have, that Yeah, that's hear. wonderful that you have so many followers. You guys are amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Thank you. What I'd like to really get quickly to is how are you staying so young? Now, we've had this conversation before. I know one trick, which is red wine, which we red are wine. all drinking now. Right now. Call. <laughs> I have a stash 
always present. But I really mean it. You know, I've always thought of you as Gail's mother, but also like a girlfriend. I feel like you have a youthful spirit about you. Are there the tips you can give us as we're aging to keep young and vibrant? Well, I would say red wine. (laughs) (laughs) I always say that jokingly, you know, first of all, you know, there's a higher power up there that's responsible for all of this. Yes. So I have to give that honor first and then throw in the wine after that. (laughs) 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 But, you know, you have to, I think, staying positive, because if you get burdened down with a whole lot of stuff, daily stuff, and let it really get to you. I'm not saying it doesn't happen to me, but you just try to rise above that so that you can act like you're enjoying yourself. You know? mm-hmm. And that just enjoy yourself. I enjoy my life. I try to stay positive. I try to stay happy. You know me. Mm-hmm. I'm always joking around. And if I don't have laughter and fun in my life, that's very, very boring. So mm-hmm. I got to keep it moving and keep it laughing and joking and just, you know, live. Right. One thing you always say, Ma, is that you hang around younger people to stay young. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I was you don't... told that quite a while ago. Don't hang around with old people. They got too many problems. <laughs> 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 and being around young people does keep you young mm-hmm. because it, it keeps you vibrant. It keeps you aware of what's going on in your life instead of sitting and moping over your own life. Mm -hmm. Look look at what these young people are doing and try to keep up with them. Right. One of the funniest stories I have and I often tell was when my kids were young and they were in daycare and I was at work and I was running late. So, you know, you got to pick up your kids by 6 p.m. or else you have to pay a dollar per minute and all that stuff. So I called my mother. I was like, Ma, I'm running late, but I'm leaving now. Can you please go pick up the kids from daycare? She was like, I'm at happy hour drinking margaritas. Go pick up your damn kids. And she hung up on me. (laughs) Yeah, you always tell that story. I I sure do. She's like, go pick up your own damn kids. Click. (laughs) I'm sorry, you did. Hey, I had been drinking. What do you expect? (laughs) Yes, she was at happy hour with my girlfriend having margaritas. So that is my mother in a nutshell. She loves her grandkids dearly, but she was having too much fun that day. So she wasn't going to pick them up. (laughs) Right. And one of the things I think I always remember whenever I'm in presence with you, we are laughing. And I think that really is carried over to Gail and me as well, because we try to have those funny moments and find the fun knee in things. But I think that really helps as far as feeling good and feeling energized. I mean, I can remember belly laughs we've had at Gail's kitchen table just over different things that were happening. So I really think that is key as well. Mm -hmm. As far as we're talking about younger people and spending time with younger people, there are a lot of great things they're doing. Are there things that you're finding that you're trying to do or you're become more interested in because of the people that you're spending time with? I try to do my own thing and I really just sit back and admire all the things that the young people are doing. 
sometimes you get a little bit envious, but hey, that quickly passes because, you know, all right, been there, did or did not do that and just keep it moving. Mm -hmm. So what do you think is the biggest difference from like when you were growing up as kids, as a child and the children today? Do you see more drive, more energy, or is it about the same? No. When I was growing up, there didn't seem to be, well, at least in my circle, there wasn't a lot of drive. There wasn't a lot of things going on. I remember, you know, every, my household was very strict, so that didn't leave much room for doing anything else. And I really admire the young people today because they do have the drive and motivation. And I'd like to think that they're being encouraged to pursue whatever it is that their dreams are, their goals are. Because I didn't have that growing up because I grew up around a lot of old people. That's why I, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I was really, you know, it, there were a few of us, a couple of cousins around, but for the most part, it was these old people and they were always so drab and sick and, whew. but anyway, I always had, oh, I can't do this. Okay. So I really admire the young people today and their parents for encouraging them. That's the main Mm -hmm. thing. You really have to encourage these children to find what they want to do and help them as much as you can pursue those dreams. Step back when you need to, because after all, you know, we raised you guys to be independent and to think for yourself. And hopefully that's what you do. And you just have to trust that they're going to make the right decision. So, yeah, you say you have to step back if you don't like agree with what they're doing, but you still advise. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. I don't think I've held my tongue when you, you guys did something that I didn't think was right or didn't approve of. I didn't mean you didn't do it, but I tried not to stand in your way, mm-hmm. tried to, you know, back you up in whatever it was you were doing and hope and pray for the best. Right. So I often tell people that, you know, people call you Mama G now. I call you Ma. So that's a relatively new title for you. You got that title from a neighbor when you moved down here to Maryland. Yeah. But I often tell people that this is not the woman who... I mean, my mother is a a different person than the person who raised me. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just that she has reinvented herself. And I think it started after my father passed away. So my dad died in his early 60s, but my mother was only, what, 58? 58. 58. And, you know, it was hard. My mom was in this big house where we grew up. My dad was no longer there. And I was here in Maryland. My mother was in New Jersey. And, you know, it was very difficult. But I think you tell the story that, you know, one day you just woke up and you said, I'm not dead. I got to move on. So how did you do that? That was very difficult, losing daddy. You know, it wasn't really expected, but it happened. So how did you get through that? Well, you know, you go through your grieving and again, I think it has a lot to do with your mental attitude. Now, am I going to stay in this spot where I'm grieving and I'm going to grieve for the rest of my life and 
that would seem like my life has stopped too. No, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I have to keep moving. So I knew I wasn't going to stay in that big house by myself. And I knew I didn't want to keep that house to have y'all coming back home. <laughs> and some of us did. Not me. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Some did come back home. And I'm like, no, I don't think this is going to work. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided that I just had to move on and as you say, reinvent myself. I don't feel like I was reinventing myself. I think I was just moving on, trying to get past my grief. You never, you always grieve. I mean, that's always there. But you can also have a life after mm-hmm. someone passes away. And you just have to keep pushing and find your spot. Right. And I happen to find mine with a lot of young people. Because mm-hmm. like I said, I grew up with old people and I just didn't gravitate to old people. <laughs> <laughs> well, not to stay on, you know, a sad note, but I also want to mention that, you know, you lost a child. My brother Clifford passed away very suddenly, very unexpected. And, you know, they say that there's nothing worse than losing a child. And I will admit, I didn't think you were going to make it through that. But here we are 23 years later. Yeah, it's really, really devastating to lose a child because that's just not the natural order of things. And there were two different kinds of grief. You know, when your father died, that was one kind of grief, losing a spouse, a partner and all of that. But when you lose a child, I felt like that to me was harder to process than losing your father Mm -hmm. because that just didn't seem like the right thing. That should have been happening. Mm-hmm. So you grieve, you know, you go along, you do the best you can. And again, you just have to keep moving. You can't stay in that spot because you will just wither. Mm-hmm. And to stay in that grief mode, as I say, grief is a lifetime process, but you never really get over it. You just get past it. And so many times, you know, you can go back and relive it and all of that, but you still get past it. And thank God, most people are able to do that. I'm grateful that I was able to do that. Not that I don't have my days, but, you know, you just have to keep moving. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was very, very devastating to lose Clifford. And, you know, several of my friends used to say, oh, while he was alive, of course. Oh, I always told you Clifford was your best child oh. because he was just so. Gee, thanks. <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't say that. Other, people... I know other people did. Yeah. He was because... the best of the bunch. I said yeah, that. Yeah, he was always so polite and all of that. And you know, you guys, all of you were polite. That's the way you were raised. But he just seemed to spend a little more time mm-hmm. with people. And with the older people, I guess it was, because that's who was saying it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was heartbreaking. Very, very devastating. But after my brother passed away, my mother, he owned a house in New York. And my mother moved into his house and stayed there for a year, two years, to take care of all his, you know, final business. And I guess you know, deal with the grief. To this day, I don't know how you did it, but you did it. And you were by yourself there. But then I was, you know, was expecting AJ and you were like, well, 
I guess I got to come back to Maryland. I was like, no, (laughs) this is going to be your choice. And it was your choice. So you ended up selling Clifford's house and you moved back to Maryland and you watched AJ for, you know, a year or so before we put him in daycare. I'm still watching AJ. You're still watching AJ. (laughs) (laughs) AJ's a junior in college. (laughs) Yeah, but that just amazes me. The strength you had to move into Clifford's house, take care of all his affairs, live there by yourself, and then come back and take care of AJ and watch AJ. I mean, well, let me interrupt you a minute here. You know, I guess it was strength, but some things you have to do and you just have, you've got to muster the strength to get these things done. And remember, he lived in New York and I was down here and I was the next of kin. So Mm -hmm. I had to handle all of his business. And he was, Clifford was, you know, kind of successful. So he had a little, you know. He was successful. I had to attend to. to. And I lived in Maryland and I was running back and forth from Maryland to New York, you know, every week. So it was just easier for me to move up there. I did have a little bit of uh, trepidation, but I figured, no, I have to do this. And it worked out fine because Clifford had wonderful neighbors because, you know, he was always the the nice guy and people just gravitated to him. And his neighbors were so wonderful. They welcomed me. You know, they invited me to their home. One neighbor and I started, that's when I started drinking wine all the time. (laughs) (laughs) That one neighbor, and I'm like, Oh, you drink wine this early in the afternoon? (laughs) 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 And we would go to dinner and go shopping. And, you know, they would tell me, you know, their little stories, Clifford. So, you know, I like that. That was helpful. Mm -hmm. So I, some, my point is, no matter how hard some things may be, sometimes you just have to do what you have to do. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, Who's going to do it for you? And you're not going to move along. So right. you, just, you have to do what you have to do. Well, it sounds like, you know, what you're saying is you have to be resilient in these types of things. You go through them, but you have to keep putting that one foot in front of the other. Have Absolutely. Some friends and support system and surround yourself with some positivity just don't let it weigh you down totally because it is very upsetting. It's something that's not easy to get over and you don't get over it, but you can still move on and have a great life with these types of things. And you have to, with me, I always had to, I felt more comfortable around people who allowed me to grieve, you know, and then to move on. And I appreciated that my good friends, Donald and Shirley, they were always at my side, never telling me what to do, never saying anything, just being there if I needed them. And I think to me, that was the greatest thing that helped me because I always knew that they were there for me when I wanted to, you know, wallow in my grief, I could do it. And then, you know, the next hour or so, we would be, we're not happy stuff. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, you know, you have to, I think it's important to surround yourself with people who will allow you to grieve, but also 
will not sit there and almost encourage you to grieve. You know how some people, you know, that's all they want to talk about. That's all they want to deal with. Oh, how are you doing? What are you doing now? And no, 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 no. That happens, but don't dwell on it because mm-hmm. you won't get out of that spot. Yeah. Tell us how you stay active physically and mentally. Well, you know, for uh, after you, I started doing ceramics before your father passed away, shortly before he passed away. And after he passed away, that just became a full-time hobby for me. That also helped me. And that was thanks to Shirley Curtis because she was already into it. And I figured, okay, this is something I do. That got me out of the house because I went to classes up in Patterson. So I drive up there, you know, once a week and we go to class and hang out. And I enjoyed doing that. So I did that for a lot, a lot of years, even after I moved down to Maryland. Mm-hmm. I even set up a little studio in my place in Silver Spring and, and was selling things that I made. So that was something that kept me going and kept me busy. You know, I always said when I moved down here, I retired in New Jersey and I moved down here and I always said I was going to move down here because I wasn't 60 years old yet. And I'm like, oh, I got to go to work. So I said I was going to find a job. But at the time, I started traveling mm-hmm. and I didn't have time to work. right you started I mean you finally went to Europe yes I did finally broke down and went to Europe and the thought behind that I think that what really motivated me to get it to go as much as I was as afraid as I was of flying over water you know just a crazy fear that I had and I said look Daddy's gone. He died at 63. I wasn't yet 60. Mm-hmm. And Clifford was still alive. But I'm like, golly, I'm not yet 60. And he's gone at 63. I better get moving. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So I just figured, you know, it's almost like, well, what else am I going to do? So just go ahead and go. Mm-hmm. And that is what motivated me what what gave me that push to go you know go fly over the water so if it happens it happens just go do it Mm -hmm. well you know let's switch gears a bit you have seen you know black women kind of evolve over a period of time you know what things have you observed from maybe during the times when you were young till now as far as black women and how we've changed good and bad well, I used to be so amazed. Now it seems to be practically the norm, the way young people, young women are conducting their lives. They're well-educated women. They're out in the world doing things that men said that they couldn't do or shouldn't do. So when I came along as, you know, women didn't do this and women didn't do that kind of thing. Of course, there were women who did, but Mm-hmm. In my circle, it was always, you know, know your place. So I wasn't encouraged to do anything. But I really, really admire young Black women today and all of the things that they are doing that in my day, it was rare for them to do that. Have, you know, to just have their own businesses. I mean, you know, Black women have owned business, beauty parlors and things like that all of my life. But the things that young women are doing today, I just think it's just wonderful. And I admire them. I know Gail and I have had conversations about some of the 
dressing that we have seen, say, on the beach or lack of dressing or attire that works with the person the best. When I think of my mother, she wore the pillbox hat and the gloves and, you know, had the was always from head to toe, even sitting in the house, you know, head to toe dressed with pearls and reading a newspaper. I mean, that's what that used to happen. Somehow that has shifted a bit. It has. It has shifted way, way, way too far. (laughs) That needs to come back. Yeah. You know, it's funny when you watch old TV shows and the ladies, they go out shopping and they have, like Tia said, the pillbox hat, the gloves, (laughs) just to go (laughs) shopping. And maybe that won't come back, but just, you know, a sense of like decorum decorum. and like my mother would say, can you please look at least halfway decent? Yeah. Cover yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody doesn't need to see what you got. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. There's a time and a place. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's one of the things that I've I've noticed. And I, I, again, it's a freedom that a lot of us didn't have. And some people feel very free to do that. And that's great. But yeah, that's something that I've seen. So it's all in how you were raised yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. your mother Mm -hmm. wore the pillbox hat and the gloves. And, you know, when I grew up at representative, you know, they wore house dresses. I don't, you know, women didn't wear pants back then. Now, so, one thing I just wanted to bring up real quick. I also, aren't you doing some exercise with going to the pool and that type of thing? Oh, yeah. As well? that's a, yeah in addition to, well, I don't do my ceramic. I started that. I don't do the ceramics anymore because my fingers got arthritis and, you know, that was kind of painful. And I have been doing water aerobics now for almost 20 years, three wow. days a week during the session and that has been so helpful mm. even with the bad knees it hurts but it hurts good you know <laughs> so yes exercise and keeping up with you young people that's what keeps me young one of my doctors said to me you're a healthy person and I'm like sit to myself well why am I sitting in this doctor's office <laughs> <laughs> anything. Of course, there are things, but I don't see anything that I 
could say, oh, I wish I had done this. You know, I'm not feeling sad or bad because I didn't do certain things. I've gotten to this age now and I'm grateful. I'm in reasonable health. I think I got all my mental faculties. Y'all have to tell me whether I have that or not. (laughs) You you do. (laughs) I I haven't noticed anything missing. (laughs) Matter of fact, I just want to say too, you're at everything. And even in these COVID times, when Gail and I had our launch, you were right there, front and center, mask on, but you were there. You're Mm -hmm. still going to Jamaica. You're traveling. You know, I think there's a lot of people that, are inspired by that because they're home. They're scared. They're not leaving. So to even take those little moves, I think is extraordinary. Right. But I will add that you were very, very careful with COVID. You would always say, I got this far. COVID is not taking me out. You were very careful. I would go to the grocery store for my mom. And when I would bring her groceries, she would spray me down with Lysol. She wasn't leaving the house, but now since, you know, she's fully vaccinated and boosted and now she still is careful, but she does. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, Those two years of COVID that was scary. I was afraid and I didn't want to take any chances. And I tell you, I really, really blame COVID. I feel like I have aged more in the last two years than I have. We all have. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I totally agree. I'm telling you, this COVID has been, you know, this has done a number on us. And I'm so glad to be able to get out of the house now because I wouldn't. Ooh, the only other time I was stuck in the house before COVID is when we had that big snowstorm. And I couldn't open my doors because of the snow. And I was stuck in this house for nine days. I thought I was going to lose my mind. (laughs) (laughs) And then COVID came along and I'm like, oh, I can't lose my mind over this. I just have to stay put. (laughs) So look, let me ask you one last question. What do you want your legacy to be? I thought a lot about that. (sighs) Well, first of all, that I lived to this age, independently, after your father died, and in reasonably good health and mind and body. And I hope I've been helpful and an inspiration to others. I think you have. (laughs) Oh, that's a fairly decent legacy for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I know, you know, you recently posted a picture on Facebook, and people are amazed. They are (laughs) shocked. Because you still look the same age as when Gail was in college. What was that, 60? I don't know, 50. You still look the same age. Still have your shape and sexiness that's still showing through. The glow is still there, natural. Lack of wrinkles. I'm still trying to figure out how that's happening. Hair, perfect. You know, always, it just seems to be natural. And I think that's because of your inner spirit is it's showing on the outside. And like what you've told us today about your resilience and you're keeping strong and your positive thinking and all you're doing to keep your mental attitude at a certain place shows through all the time. And it's so inspirational. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. One thing that I can laugh about now is I guess because I'm, Aware, I think I became more aware of how I looked and how I dressed because every time your father and I were going somewhere, you know, he always had all these public appearances to make and I was along. And he'd look at me and say, you going out like that? (laughs) (laughs) 
And I, I thought I looked all right. You know? <laughs> wearing that. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm like, yeah, what's wrong with this? <laughs> but I guess it was then that I started paying more attention to what I, you know, how I looked. And it's just, I don't know, it was just something that came natural. I felt like I didn't want to get all old and worn out and haggard looking. So you got to well, keep you this all up. You got to keep up, though. You really do. You got to add a little effort to it. it, it you know, all of that doesn't come natural. You got to mm-hmm. give it up <laughs> here and there. <laughs> yes, you do. My last thing, what advice do you have for us for moving to our next chapter? Because Gail and I are aging. Gracefully. But, you know, we're coming, we've been in our careers for a while. We're trying new things. You know, what advice do you have for us? First of all, I think you girl, you young lady, um, girls, you know, I still look at your girls, but you young ladies are amazing. You really are because you are choosing to do these things. It's not only helping yourself, but you're helping other people. And I think as long as you choose to be happy in whatever you're doing, that. I think is important. You know, it said happiness is a gift. So find your gift and be happy with it and try to pass it on to others. All right. Well, Tia, we have our assignment. Do you understand it? I do. I <laughs> okay. am on it and ready. <laughs> well, Ma, thank you so much for being with us on this episode of Black Addict. Your stories, your advice has been so helpful, and I think it will inspire others. We will find our happiness. You know, we will get through what we need to get through, you know, and deal with the the cards that are handed to us. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know? Yeah, it's important. So you are an inspiration. I think you're amazing. Other people think you're amazing. I can only hope that whatever energy is, you know, in you now has passes to me. You know, I'm 56. And sometimes I think I feel older than you. (laughs) (laughs) So let's just hope that, you know, the wrinkles don't come. And, you know, I get those genes. I get more of your genes. But thank you so much for being a guest. We are looking forward to celebrating your 90th birthday. You know, we're having a party. It's going to be an all out party because you would have it. You know, you would have nothing else but that. And I've already bought my outfit. Okay. All right. So we're looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to it. And I thank you ladies for having me. I appreciate it. I I tell you, I was scared to death. I hope I didn't <laughs> hope I didn't say anything way off. No, <laughs> didn't you were fine. not at all. But, but yeah, just keep doing what you're doing and live your life. Enjoy it. Be happy. And you do the same. Thank so thank you. you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Black Edit, The Next Adventure with Gail and Tia. Please join our Vibe Tribe. Go to Facebook and join our Black Addict Vibe Tribe, where we have great conversations and great suggestions and recipes. We really have a good time on the Vibe Tribe Facebook page. So please join and stay tuned for our next episode. But please share Black Addict, The Next Adventure with Gail and Tia. Share these pearls of wisdom 
from Mama G and actively, you know, take them in, realize that these are really pearls of wisdom that we should all live by. So go on, be happy. And thanks again for listening. Thank See you, you later to you. Bye. Bye. Bye.